Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of City Watch's American Citizens podcast. As I'm sure you've noticed by the tone of my voice, I'm not gray, which can only mean one thing. I am in charge. Uh, with that said, though, Gray is with me. Hello, Gray. Watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is Gray's baby. Uh, and I'm pleased to announce our senior legal correspondent, Mr. Ian O'Neill, joining us for the first time, for the second time. Ian, how you doing, man? Great to have you back again on a podcast you've never been on before, but have been on before. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to it. And I'm assuming this will actually get recorded. Uh, the beautiful part about this is, is that you have Gray working on it, too. So double your trouble, double your fun. Uh there are multiple people ensuring that this podcast sees the light of day. Um, but with that, we are on a truncated timetable, and really, there's only so much that you can talk about in a game like this. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it, as everybody by now has probably figured out. Uh, we did our analysis of the Swansea game, uh, we recapped that earlier today with Mr. Joe Bailey, and today we're going to be previewing the Champions League game against Celtic. Um, now, today starts out with a bit of crap news. Uh, Senior De Bruyne will be out for a month with yet another stupid injury and garbage time of a game that was already wrapped up. Oh my God! Hmm. All right, so uh, first, uh, Gray, uh, Ian, we'll start with you, Gray, then kick it over to Ian. Actually, screw you, Gray. You told me to watch myself. Ian, I did. We're starting with you. Um, I want to know, uh, what were your thoughts upon hearing the De Bruyne news, and do you feel as deflated or... I don't know, hopeless as, as last year when they announced he was going to be gone for a significant length of time. Yeah, I'm pretty deflated. It's, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you'll disagree, but I, I thought that he was definitely the best player so far this season. Um, I'm always happy to see him on the pitch. And like you said, it, it seemed like this was a completely unnecessary injury to have. Um, but we're going to be okay. Uh, you know, there are replacement, uh, replacements that we have. So it, it's, it's too bad. And, uh, I just hope that we don't, you know, something drastic doesn't happen in terms of the, the great form we've been in. Um, you know, because I think he's been the one that's been driving that a lot. 
Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm still optimistic. I share that optimism. I mean, roughly, as I said on the other, I think they're better equipped to handle something like this. Not necessarily for a long period of time, but I think they can cope for a month. And um, obviously, there's some big games in there that, that he's, he's going to miss that I, we would obviously rather he not miss. But um, I think City are a little deeper, and I think that they are less reliant on than they were last year on sort of moments of magic from their best players. There's a system in place that will, you know, allow someone to step in if they need to and fill a role and not miss too much of a beat. They'll miss him. But I don't think we're facing a situation like last year where the team's form is going to nosedive just because he's not there. Well, I want to get into that real quickly because I'll split this into two parts. And, and Ian, I'll, I'll ask you the second part. So, Gray, the first part's for you is how do you assess Celtic? And then uh, when he's done, Ian, you can just go ahead and chime in with how does he assess Celtic or how do you assess Celtic with De Bruyne not on City's side to take care of things? My assessment of Celtic, and I haven't really seen much of them. Obviously, we know Patrick Roberts is on loan there and the likes, and their manager is Brendan Rodgers, who has Premier League experience, almost won a Premier League title. Um the, the 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 Scottish League is not good. If we can be blunt about that, um, there there's a reason that that these teams don't really Celtic don't even make it to to the Champions League on a yearly basis, despite the fact that they win the league on a yearly basis. It's been several years, so um, I I've always been kind of fascinated by the question of where the SPL lies if you compared it to the English league system. Like, is it the championship? Is it what is it? I don't know the answer to that. But when I look at Celtic, I don't see anything that should really trouble City that much. Um, what I will say is that Celtic Park is a very difficult place to play, and they have beaten Barca there. They have they have. You know they've they've played really well there at times, even in Europe. Um, so it's not a game that I would take for granted, because you don't Celtic Park is one of the tougher venues that you can go to. But at the same time, on paper, you don't really see anything that will straight up really trouble City. I don't think anyway. Should Patrick Roberts play and injuries? more so than any... City have already said he's good to go. But if he should play, and if he's healthy enough to give it a go, what would you like to see out of him? This is probably going to be as good opposition as he's going to have ever seen. So you're, ask, you're, you're asking a lot of him, but I think really you just sort of want to see where he's at, how he measures up, because while this isn't necessarily the caliber of team he's going to be facing on a regular basis... You are putting him in the Premier League te- where there are other top teams like a City. Um, obviously, we couldn't really glean much from the Barca game. They were just completely outclassed. But here they're at home. You expect them to have their fans behind them and put up a fight. So I would be interested to see how Roberts is spurred on there, especially against a team that owns him. Um, he would be aware of the players. Um, so I'm, I... What I want to see from him, I couldn't tell you explicitly. I would, you know, I, I'm hesitant to say I'd like to see a 
good, good display from him given that we're playing them and trying to win. But at the same time, you would I'd like to see the flashes and I would like to see him at least not look like he doesn't belong on the same pitch as a Manchester City. That's certainly fair. Uh, great. Uh, Ian, I want to ask your opinion. Firstly, going back to the De Bruyne question, how do you assess Celtic without De Bruyne? Is this a team you think that can take it to Manchester City? How much do City need to worry about not having a guy that's been really the best player in England for this year? Well, I don't think they really have to worry about it much at all. Let's let's be quite clear. You know, this Celtic team is is not a good team. I I don't think that they'd have a tough time not being relegated from the Premier League if they were, um, you know, somehow magically placed in that league. There's no way that the loss of ju- of just of Kevin is gonna make this a more difficult endeavor to go um, to Celtic Park. And get three points. So if if if, if they for some if somehow City do not get all three points, there's going to have to be some sort of uh, team wide meltdown. Um, it's not going to just be the lack of one player, um, you know. And I, I just I don't see any other result other than getting all three points based on the way City have been playing, and I don't see how missing just. One one you know very very important player uh, really changes the the analysis in terms of the outcome of the match. Can I ask what store did you stop at to get these brass balls of yours to say that the loss of De Bruyne isn't going to mean anything? I need I need to have your confidence. So if you could please point me in the direction of the store that sells steel nuts. I would be uh, I would be most appreciative. <laughs> well, um, you're kind of born with those. I don't think you can buy them. Um, but I okay. Well, I, I'm saying that this in terms of the match coming up against Celtic. Uh, you know when when they're you know when City have to play Barca, then that's when losing. De Bruyne is is a big deal. Um, I just I don't want to give the impression that any that that anyone should think this is my obviously my opinion that the ability for City to get all three points uh, against Celtic has anything to do with De Bruyne not being there um, or or being there. It's just the the gap is too wide between the two clubs for that one difference to make any, um, to change anything in terms of the outcome of the match. I mean, are you saying that you think that, that city could drop points against Celtic because of the loss of De Bruyne? I don't know if I'm saying that they would drop points, but Gray's already noted that Celtic Park is an extremely tough place to play. And if you have a day like, let's even say Saturday, where for the, you know, for, for the better part of 90 minutes, 
City's offense looked more impotent than Mr. Burns after being run over by, you know, uh, an earth mover. Um, It just, it did not look fluid. It didn't look like it was working for City. Um, And then, you know, lo and behold, they make a change that involves the very player we're talking about, and, and the can opener sort of does its job. So I think that there is a possibility that where I'm not at all convinced uh, that some of the players who will end up playing uh, tomorrow for Celtic are, you know, I mean, the idea is that at least one or two of these guys are Premier League quality. Um, but I'm not at all convinced that, that you know, they're, they're all world beaters. Uh, I just, I, I think it's, and maybe Gray would be the person to probably take this one away and, and put a bow on it. I just think it would be rapidly foolish for a brand new manager missing one of his key players, uh, missing one of his key players to underwrite, you know, uh, City's chances or overestimate City's chances of successfully moving on. Well, I don't think anyone's going to take it for granted, especially Pep. God knows that he's he's going to treat every opponent like their Barcelona. Um, I, all I would say is that for this particular game, I do share the confidence. I'm not going to take it for granted because that would be that would be stupid, frankly. Um, but at the same time, you know, all we can do we can't predict how a, the team is going to react to a hostile environment or what have you. They have played they they played at Old Trafford. They took the crowd out of the game pretty quickly, but they did play at Old Trafford. Um, I, I I would say roughly that I think you can come up. And we, we should, it should be, we should bear in mind something that I would note is that Nolito won't be banned for this one. He'll be available and I expect he'll start. So mm-hmm. that, that's one thing that I would note. And then you can just sort of slip Gundawan in there. I don't think, I mean, you definitely lose something given the form that De Bruyne has been in. But I think given those players, you can come up with an 11 that is more, plenty good enough to get the job done. At Celtic Park. Now, I, I I know they'll miss they'll miss Kevin De Bruyne, but um, I think there's enough quality in that team, and I think that they are tactically aware enough. And again, with Nolito in there too, I think they'll have enough about them, and they'll have their wits about them that they'll be able to deal with whatever threat Celtic pose. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I, I think they'll definitely be able to take on and handle Celtic. I am just saying that if you in the Champions League, weird things happen. If you look at Sevilla last year, all Juventus had to do was go and beat Sevilla, and all of a sudden, you know, they win, they take the group. It's done. It's over with. Yeah. And it doesn't happen. I mean, all Bayern had to do was win. They win the group. And had Manuel Pellegrini had his head not up his ass... City could have won the group, but he literally did not know and has all, 
and oh, saying the, he didn't know. The last thing, the only thing I'll say is that the, the concern that like they won't be prepared for this, they won't know what they're walking into. That is the last thing I'm worried oh, about with yeah, the Guardiola team. That is the last thing I am worried about. I'm not, no, there's no concern on my part about whether or not they'll be prepared. The concern on my part is whether or not Brendan Rodgers will have assembled a game plan that is tactically aware of itself enough that it can cope with the pressures of a Guardiola system, especially if you're at home and and getting a little bit of crowd noise here and there. You know, whatever it is, however drowned out it may be, Whatever the case, you're going to have some of that noise. It's going to be quite loud. I'm sure that, you know, city fans will travel, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. Um, but I, I just think that there is a possibility in these games for a lesser team to come out with a bigger result simply because uh, I, I don't know, man, because crazy stuff happens in the Champions League. Always has, always will. Can I jump in for a second? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't... We, we spoke off air about how uh, futile it is to predict uh, what the starting 11 will be for City. But what I do want to mention here is we know that De Bruyne is not going to play tomorrow. Would you be okay with the same starting 11 uh, against Swansea um, with Nolito replacing uh, De Bruyne on the no. left wing? Um, for me, I would like to see Nolito, Sterling. I think I'd like to see two pivots with uh, Gundogan, um, and and maybe you drop Fernandinho. I, I don't know, and and or you, I don't know. I I just I I don't think that having Sane out there, like Sane shouldn't start. Sane should come off the bench in this game. Can I at least put that out there, and we'll start there? No, I agree with you there. I mean, I don't. I'd be okay if he stayed okay. on the bench. Great. <laughs> Great. But how do you I mean we we've I can I can I can name and, the exact lineup I'd like to see. Yeah, let's um, let's see what you would prefer to see and why. I, I would I mean, well, I'll get into the why, but um my my back four and would right, she'll get into the why. <laughs> that's right. Um uh Stones and Ottomendi are your center backs, Kolarov at left back. Um I would. I, I'll keep Sonia at right back. Um, my midfield three is Silva, Gundogan, and Fernandinho, and my front three is Nolito, Aguero, and Sterling. I. I. It just. It makes the most sense to me. That's. I think that's the best eleven they have available to them. Yeah, okay. and, and that that is what the that's what the game against Swansea was. Um, you know, with Nolito replacing De Bruyne, and I think you're right, Gray. That is the the best eleven. Available. I'm not sure how we decide on a best 11 until we figure out what Gundogan's role is going to be. Because thus far, Gundogan has played spotty 
in terms of like an identified true position, but the actual on the field contributions have been spectacular. Makes sense. I, I I agree. I well, what did you think about uh, his performance against Swansea on the weekend? Mm. I mean, I kind of felt like he was responsible for giving a lot of balls away. Great. Yeah. I mean, I I, I wasn't his best game, but um, you know, I th- I I I get I I understand the point. Um, I think Gundogan can do both. Um, but I think he can also do the double pivot with Fernandinho. So I think that that gives you enough in midfield to 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 get the job done. Personally, um, it frees up Silva to play the the De Bruyne role basically, um, and then you have you know Nolito's tactical awareness, getting in the right positions, what have you. Sterling's in fine form. Aguero's in fantastic form. Um, frankly, I think that. Is, I I think it's it's down to the players to just sort of do better with the ball retention, um, and I think that's something that would be true whether De Bruyne is playing or not. So I think that's that's your key, and I think that that's the best lineup you can you can put together. Why was that, City having so many problems retaining the ball? I don't know. That's a good question. Was it was it the absence in the Lido? Was it misplaced passes? Was it maybe playing the same team twice in two days, and so there was maybe a, a more it, apathetic It might approach. be that, or I don't know, but there, there was just something off about about the passing. I don't know exactly what it was. Guardiola said as much. There was just something, the final ball was never there. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what you diagnose it as, but I think, I, I, don't, I don't know, but... At the same time, I, I think it's correctable. Yeah, for sure. All right, Ian, who would you like to see? I mean, I know you kind of said I think that's their best starting 11 when Gray said, but is their best starting 11 what you want to see, or do you have a desire for something different? What what say thee? Yeah, I would – I mean, what I said earlier, um, I would like to see that. There's no – there's no good reason, I think, to not have that be the starting eleven, um, unless Pep just wants to just have fun that day and just decide to do something different for no real good reason. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see why that isn't what he does. And I, the only the only thing is, I just wonder. I mean, the big difference is going to be whether there are is it going to be two pivots or if we're going to have if you're going to have what we had against Swansea with Silva and Gundogan um, ahead of Fernandinho, and that's really all I I'm waiting to see. I I just I don't see any reason why Pep would pick a different eleven. Of course, you know we're I'm going to be wrong, you know. That's just, we keep I'm saying sure that, that about Pep's 11s and then we just yeah, keep getting yeah, made to look stupid. No. I, I'm not saying something... that you're wrong to predict this because we both you're agree on it. You're wrong with the rest of us, so it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be wrong, but I, it's not a thing to just be like, 
you know. Ow, you I, I, I do think that's the eleven that makes the most logical sense. Whether that's there we go. That's yeah. That's what I was going to say. Whether that's what ends up. Yeah. Whether that's what, what ends chooses. up happening. Then, Sorry. Yeah. No, no I'm not trying ahead. to talk over you. But what, you're, oh. whether whether um um I don't know if that's what he will do. I don't know if he has something up up his sleeve. But based on everything we've seen so far and who's available logically, that's your team. Totally agree. Really? That's what you guys end out with? That's the fact that they're off? Like, yeah, yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, you guys suck. <laughs> um, all right, so I did want to cover a couple, one or two last things here shortly, just because I thought these were really, really, really well-answered questions on our first podcast, Ian, and... I I joked, I told Gray the story about how I told you that if it sucked, I would just call you back and tell you that the podcast was lost. And then when the podcast actually did get lost, like, I'm like, holy crap, how am I supposed to make this phone call? (laughs) Like, this is a lose, lose, lose. Um, But I knew that if I This is why we don't make jokes ever. Yeah. But I knew that if I had a... uh, I knew that if I had a time and a place for you to come back to, then it wouldn't it wouldn't be that big of a deal because you'd already be booked to come back on. Um, so what I want to do is I want to ask you one or two of those questions um, about it. And specifically with Yaya, who we brought up earlier on the podcast, and we talked about sort of the agent thing. And, uh, Gray, do you want to ask him sort of like the same things that you asked Joe and myself about Yaya and just sort of let give Ian a chance to, to, to follow up on that from from his legal perspective? I will. But, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to hit you a little off the map because you tweeted us this yesterday when I got on the Twitter account at America Citizens, by the way, follow us and um, made a remark about um, – because Dimitri Selleck said something about – or there was a story that Selleck believes that City are in breach of contract with Yaya. Um, you said there might actually be something to this, and I would like to hear about that. Sure. Yeah, the um, – there's something that FIFA um, has. It's called the Regulations on the Status um, and Transfer of Players and – um, chapter four, article 15 talks about the maintenance of contracts, uh, and their stability between, uh, professionals and clubs. And there is, it's, it's a, it's a 10% rule. And so basically the idea, basically the idea is assuming that the player, um, you know, ha- is available for games, you know, isn't suspended or, or whatever. Um, if that player is playing in fewer than 10% of the games in which he is available to play, then he is allowed to uh, prematurely uh, get out of his contract um, under the what's called a, a sporting just cause. So um, by not playing Yaya in pretty much you know, almost, I guess, almost every competition, really, uh, it he I the idea here would be that it's a quasi breach of contract and that Yaya could force 
a move um, to another club. Does that make sense? Yeah, I follow. See, I never would have known that. And frankly, I think City would be quite happy to accommodate him. Um, But... Yeah, Josh, I sort of hijacked where this was going. I'm sorry, but I just remembered. No, seeing, I wanted you. I remembered Sam. seeing. I, I remembered seeing that last night, and I was like, "Well, he's here, so I want to ask him about it while he's here." Um, no, I'm glad you did. That's 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 kind of exactly what I wanted. Um, I guess the way that I look at it is this: from your perspective, and and the the thing about being a lawyer whose phone lasts longer than mine is that. You sort of have an, an understanding um, of, of people. <laughs> you can actually talk to them, uh, get to know them. Um, and so, too, with the agent. The agent's job isn't just to, to define the player's worth uh, in monetary value vis-a-vis contract. Can you shed a little light on what we talked about the other day uh, as it pertains to how agents uh, develop the core of their relationship with the client over the course of many years. Yeah. Yaya is a terrible example here because he's so old. He's at the end of his career and um, his, his current agent, Dimitri is basically like a father to him. But so Let's assume there's a younger a younger player uh, with a more competent, um, you know, agent. Um, you know, I told you uh, the other day. You know, you want your agent ought to be an attorney um, in terms of ensuring that the contracts that you um, are able to make are are in the best interest of uh, of the player. And uh, but that's. You know, that's just the one little thing. And I think a lot of people are just thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, agents are trying to get, you know, their 10% or whatever of the contract amount. And um, so they're always going to try to get the most uh, amount of money in that contract so they can they can make a lot of money. And that's fair enough. And that's not an unreasonable way to get paid. But, you know, one thing to, uh, to you know, outside of that scope is, you know, you need to find out about your your player's personality. For instance, his linguistic um, disposition. I mean, you know, what does this person want to move to a country that you know speak where they speak a different language? Um, does he have children? Um, is there are there schools in that in that area if he moves there that will um, teach in his native his children's native tongue? Um, so that's, that's, you know, the one issue there. Uh, and then the other one too, is you want to make sure that as you move your player along to different clubs, that you, you find the right type of club in terms of him being able to get an, a reasonable amount of playing time. So you don't want to necessarily have him jump from playing some, you know, from re- some really small team to some huge team and risk you know, not getting a lot of playing time or having a lot of pressure on him being this huge signing and going somewhere. And, you know, his, so another part of an agent's job is to really be uh, a counselor to that player um, because, 
money is just one one little aspect of this for uh, the the relationship between client and player. And you know, I think a good agent ends up getting the you know a great contract for his client. That that great contract is not just how much money. It's about you know where the person's going to play, how that fits in with the type of person that the player is. What's this mean for his, uh, for his future in terms of the next club he would sign for? Is he going to get enough playing time? Those kind of things. There's a real personal relationship there. But the problem, I think, with Yaya is that his relationship is a bit too personal. So does that make sense? All kinds of the best sense, dude. And and I think it boils down to the fact that Seluk is 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 Yaya's well biggest fan because Yaya is frankly his biggest client. And and that's not to say that Seluk didn't do some amazingly wonderful things for Yaya that would qualify rather bluntly uh, uh, as you know, family. And so I do understand, and I'm not advocating, I'm not dismissing, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just simply stating that I do understand why Yaya hasn't come out and been like, to hell with Dimitri, he can go pound sand, he's a tool. I get it. And I don't think he's ever going to come out and say that about him. And City fans who are hoping for that are going to be waiting a long time. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah. All right. Yep. That's, hey, um, thanks a lot for having me on. Yep. Um, uh, I'm assuming this is going to be actually recorded. And uh, yeah, next time, I do want to jump into the whole uh, expansion of the Champions League. Because I know that was yeah, a good topic that, we, yeah, we disagreed was, on. That, yeah, that was an excellent topic. And, Gray, I think that that would be perfect. We could center uh, the back of an episode around that discussion. Ian and I got into it, not in a bad way, but, you know, for great radio's sake debate, we got into it. And uh, I thought the discussion was as lively as it was entertaining. Um, so if you're down, I'd love, I'd love for the next episode to be about champions league expansion. Sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for that. I figure we'll call this show the, uh, the uh, city watches American citizens, uh, legal lens with Ian O'Neill. That sounds great. I like it. (laughs) Can you make it, can you make the title a little longer? I could. I could. American citizen or City Watches American citizens astutely keen observations through a legal perspective as done by Ian O'Neill. Nice. Is that successfully that sounds good. Next all we gotta do next is get a um we need a sponsor. We gotta get a sponsor for the the legal lens. Section. I thought well, that's the, gonna be I Robert th- Kardashian, dude. I fought the law and Dimitri Selick won. Yeah, that's gonna be Robert Kardashian, like coming through and taking care of all our needs because of uh, what's that uh, legal Zoom? 
Eagle Zoom, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll pitch him on the idea. So, uh, on that note, as our shows tend to do at the end, they devolve. Uh, so, for Ian and for Gray, I am Josh, and this has been a special edition of City Watches, American Citizens Podcast, Legal Lens with Ian O'Neill. We'll catch you next time, folks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.